39% of Americans want to read their Bibles more often, and yet only 31% of Americans read their Bibles at least once a week. What if we fell in love with God's Word and we spent time with Him because we wanted to spend time with Him? Hey friend, you're listening to Wandering Wild. We hope this podcast is an honest and encouraging resource in your walk with the Lord. Join us as we have real conversations about our time spent in His presence. Welcome to the wilderness. Welcome back to the Wandering Wild podcast. I am your host, Amelia Zobris, and I am really excited to introduce my next guest. She is an author and speaker. She is the owner of Equipping Godly Women. She loves to challenge, encourage, and equip Christian women to be all in in their faith and family. You can find her website at equippinggodlywomen.com. So welcome to the podcast, Brittany Ann. I am so excited that you're here. Well, thank you so much for having me. So tell us a little more about yourself and your background and introduce yourself a little. Sure. So I am married and we have three kids who are all school aged um, and we have a golden doodle puppy who is a handful, but is very (laughs) sweet. Um, And so somewhere along the way, I just started a website. I really got a little bored sitting at home um, when my babies were babies and just wanted to start writing. And as I started writing, I just fell in love with the idea of encouraging women to be all in, in their faith. I feel like so many times we say that we're Christians and we are Christians and we go to church on Sundays, but our faith doesn't impact every area of our life to the degree that we would want it to. Like we know it's something that should be important. We know it's something that we should make time for. And yet it often falls on the back burner when we have laundry and dishes and kids and all of the things. So that's really my mission is just to help Christian women to not leave their faith on the back burner, but when they're ready to say, you know, I am all in for what God has for me, that I would help them to be able to do that. I love that. So what kind of started your journey and you being so passionate about encouraging women in the word? For me, it just was a matter of I had grown up that way. I have a mom who is just an amazing example of what it looks like to be a Christian who truly loves God, who loves God's word, who is all in every day. Um, I know that there's so many people and We can all fall into this sometimes where we can get kind of apathetic or we just go through the motions or we do things because we're supposed to, but it doesn't really mean a lot to us. And I had just watched her growing up every day reading God's word, reading her Bible, going to church because she wanted to, not because it was Sunday and she had to, but she wanted to be there and spending time in prayer and watching her wrestle over decisions and trying to do the right thing, even when it wasn't always easy. And that just was such an amazing example for me that when I found out, hey, I could write online for a living, Mm -hmm. that just was a natural thing that I wanted to talk about because that is something that I want to be a huge part of my life. Um, Being a Christian is the most important part of who I am. I'm a wife, I'm I'm mom, and I do other things as well. But all of that, really, I want that to flow out of my faith and for my faith to really guide everything else that I do. And so when I started writing online, I really wanted to help other women to do the same thing as well. Yeah, I love that. First off, what an awesome example that your mother was to you. And I know several people who that was their story. And I had mentors who I saw read their Bibles every day. And that is something that helped me grow. But what are some other ways that you feel like, was it just the example of your 
mom or did she like help you form that practice as well? Well, I mean, I had a lot of other influences around me as well. I went to church with my mom because that's what she did. And I, you know, love my mom and want to go too. So I was at church all the time and I saw so many other amazing Christian women who were like youth leaders or Sunday school teachers. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this fire in them. And I remember being younger and thinking, I wish I could have that, and I don't know how to get there. I couldn't imagine growing up and being somebody who truly put God first above everything else. Like, it's one thing to just go to church on Sundays and give up an hour of your time, but it's a completely different thing to reorient your life around, okay, God, I am all in for whatever you have for me. You know, if you ask me to do something hard, if you ask me to do something scary, that's fine because I trust you and I know that you have good for me. And I know that you're not going to ask me to do anything that you're not already there preparing away for me. So being able to get to that place I didn't know how we would ever get there. And it just really has been a journey along the way. I don't think I've had like one strong mentor or one amazing book that changed everything other than the Bible, of course, um, my favorite Mm -hmm. book. But it's just really been a matter of kind of figuring it out. Lots of bumps along the way of times when I was really strong in my faith and times when I wasn't strong in my faith. So it's not like there's this destination where you're, oh, I've arrived and I'm amazing. And like my faith is amazing. (laughs) And we're never going to go back down the hill. Like there's definitely times when you doubt and you struggle and you have control issues or you have whatever's (laughs) going on in your life. And that's okay. But it's just a matter of pushing in for all that God has for you. Yeah. I love that. So I know I've told you a little bit about Wandering Wild, but we're really passionate about encouraging women to sit in God's presence every single day. And so I thought it would be kind of fun to ask you, like, what are some ways that you experience His presence in your life? Obviously, reading the Word is a really big one for you, but what are some other ways that you experience His presence? Yeah, as you said, reading God's Word is um, my favorite one of my favorite ways to interact mm-hmm. with God. I actually wrote a book on the subject called Fall in Love with God's Word, Practical Strategies for Busy Women. So I know you are in the same boat as well as me where we're moms and we're busy and we want to make time for our relationship with God, but how do we find that time? And as I got started working on this book, it all started because I had read a statistic that said that 59% of Americans want to read their Bibles more often, and yet only 31% of Americans read their Bibles at least once a week. Mm. And I just thought that was so interesting. Why is it that so many of us want to have time with God? We want to read our Bibles. We, you know, so how do we do this on a day-to-day basis? And that's really where my book, Fall in Love with God's Word, came out of. The issue isn't so much that we don't have the time. I mean, we don't, we're busy, there's things going on, but we don't have time for a lot of things. We theoretically don't have time to watch TV for hours each day. We theoretically (laughs) don't have time to scroll on Facebook or Instagram for hours a day. And yet, if you look at the statistics, we as a nation are spending hours on all of these other things. So for me, it really came down to, you know, If we fell in love with God's word, if we didn't view this as an obligation, as something that we are supposed to do, or we have to do, or we should do in order to measure up and feel good about ourselves, or in order to be good enough that God would like us, it doesn't work like that. What if we 
fell in love with God's word and we spent time with him because we wanted to spend time with him. The God of the entire universe who created everything, who created you and who created me, he wants to spend time with us. And one of the ways that he does that is through his word. So that's really why I got started writing this book, Fall in Love with God's Word, um, Practical Strategies for Busy Women, just to give women these strategies of, okay, how do I, yes, like there's a huge section in the book of, okay, how do you find the time? super practically speaking. I love writing things that are very practical. Okay. You're busy. You have a laundry, you have dishes. Like I understand I am there too. Um, how do you, like, what does that look like? How do you do that? So there's a huge section on that, but then there's a huge section on just, okay, how do you fall in love with God's word? How do you enjoy it? How do you make this something that you want to do when you wake up in the morning and you are faced with a decision of a thousand different things you could be doing, or, you know, Later this afternoon, you know, I might have a little bit of free time after I get the kids from school. What am I going to do in that space? How am I going to spend that? Am I going to clean my bathrooms, which honestly do need to be cleaned right now? <laughs> I've been procrastinating on that one. Am I going to go run some errands, like go to Target? My kid, one of my kids needs new shoes. Um, they're starting to get a little threadbare. Am I going to, you know, make this appointment or do this? There's a thousand things that I could do. And if I'm just trying to force myself to say, okay, this is something I have to do, set aside 10 minutes, mm -hmm. make it happen, you know, blah, 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 check it off the list. That's not going to be very compelling. But what if we fell in love with God's words? So I say, you know what? I have this 15 minutes and I can sneak away for a minute and spend some time with the God of the universe. And that would be so refreshing to me. Mm -hmm. And it's so encouraging to me and so inspiring to me. And I can learn so much from it and get so much wisdom and encouragement and all of the good things that happen when we get into God's word. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, yes, I do love reading God's word. Um, I also feel closest to him when I am out walking around. So a while back, depending on when this airs, um, during the pandemic, when we were all stuck at home with all of the children um, <laughs> and all of the noise and all of the screens, I got in a habit of just taking daily walks around my neighborhood. And very often I would literally just walk out of the house in whatever pajamas I was wearing, clean or not, <laughs> usually barefoot, um, and literally just walk around the neighborhood. It was just a really good time where I could just step out mm. and step away and as I looked around at nature, like, you know what, this tree has been here for hundreds of years and it's still going to be here. Or no, I don't know how long trees live. It's been here for a really long time. It's going to be here for a really long time. And God can make that happen. And so all the things that seem so pressing and so fleeting mm -hmm. to me, it just didn't seem as important anymore. I can have this quiet time where I can spend time with God, even if it's just five minutes, even if it's 15 minutes, even if it means I have to wake up a little bit early or put on a cartoon for the kids or whatever that looks like. Mm. I have this ability and I can cultivate a desire that maybe, you know, we may not all have right now, but we can cultivate that desire to find ways that's enjoyable for us. So I love reading my Bible. I love walking around in nature. I love listening to praise and worship music and singing. Um, and those are kind of some of my favorite things to do. I love that. Something I've discovered in my own life is that when life gets a little bit more stressful than usual, I have these coping mechanisms that I don't always recognize. And those are usually things like watch TV or scroll Instagram or scroll Facebook. And I really had to take a step back and look at those things in a better light and realize that I could use those things to distract myself from the things that are stressing me out, or I could choose something better and rely on God's word as my lifeline 
in those high stress times. And something I've been thinking about so much lately is just how a shift in perspective can just change everything. Like the behavior of checking something off the list and reaching out for a lifeline looks very similar, but the perspective on each of those is vastly different. And so I love what you're saying about, you know, we do have the time, we just have to make make that time and we have to fall in love with God's Word. And we've been talking a lot lately about dry seasons in the Word around Wandering Wild. And I'm just curious, what would you advise women who are experiencing that in their own quiet time? I would say two different things depending on where they are. First of all, how you said a minute ago, when you are wanting to zone out and you're wanting to use those coping mechanisms, how you should go to the word instead, you should. But I feel like so often when you're in that place where you feel very dry, it's hard to read God's word. Mm-hmm. And that happens. I don't want us to say like this to come across as a cliche of, oh, just read God's word. and It's going to be easy and it's going to be <laughs> wonderful because it's not. And we go through hard seasons yes. and that's okay. And God knows that. And God didn't doesn't expect us to be like perfect and chipper every day. If you read the Psalms, um, it's just amazing to see the range of emotions. Mm-hmm. King David was a very emotional guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had days where he was super happy and he had days when he was very angry and he had all the days and God was okay with that. And that's in the Bible. So it's okay to have these days when you don't feel like it. Mm. So the first thing I would say is to not wait until then. I know a lot of people when they are in the midst of a crisis situation, maybe that's when they start Googling, you know, Bible verses about grief or Bible verses about whatever. And then they're starting to look for it then. But I think it really needs to come before then of if you're in that regular habit, then you're going to have it inside you before you even get to that situation. Mm. So for me, I love just something that happens to me. And I'm sure it's very common all the time as I live my life because I have read the word for so many years, because I have memorized so many verses just over the course of reading. I don't memorize them very well. I can't tell you exactly, (laughs) but I'm like, oh yeah, that verse, that means like whatever. And I like Google that verse about where it says this thing. And Google's like, oh yeah, I know what you mean. It's (laughs) that one. That's the one. Um, So yes, that is the very sad state of my Bible memorization. So we're not bragging here on that. Um, But I think it can be really helpful once you have that in you because you are in the habit of reading it when it doesn't feel like you need it as much. Then when you're in that situation, then you have that inside you and God can remind you of it. Mm -hmm. So if you get tempted to think, you know, God doesn't care about me, you know, but what about that verse in the Bible that says that he does, or, you know, God doesn't care what's going to happen to me, or this is all pointless, or why am I doing this? And then you start to remember these Bible verses or these Bible stories that you know from the past. Um, And it gives you that frame of reference so that when those thoughts start to come, which they do for everybody, when that doubt and discouragement start to creep in, you have God's word already that you can say, no, like, I'm not going to believe that. I have a choice. I can choose not to believe those lies. I can choose not to be discouraged. I can choose to believe this. Mm. And so having a lot of that in advance is really going to shape your perspective and your mindset around it. So when that doubt and discouragement comes, which it's going to come, and when hard times come and grief and despair and all of the lovely negative emotions (laughs) that we all have at some point, when those come, you are on a firm foundation 
and you have a lot of that knowledge and you have mm-hmm. a lot of that ins- assurance ahead of time that you can weather the storm a lot better. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing that I would say is if you are in the midst of that season and you're like, yeah, that would be great to do it in advance if I had heard this podcast three <laughs> months ago, but you know, now I'm here. Like, what do I do now? Um, I would honestly say just, well, two things depending. You'll have to choose which one works best for you or do both. One is to give yourself grace. There is nowhere in the Bible where it says you must read your Bible 10 minutes every day or else (laughs) God will be very upset with you. It does not say that. I looked on purpose to like make sure it is not in the Bible. There are lots of verses and I have them um, that say that you should read it regularly, that you should meditate on it. Mm -hmm. The Bible does tell us that we should be in God's word enough to know what it says and to make decisions according to it. And that's just smart idea. Um, honestly, because I know that God is very smart and he knows how things work. And here is this guidebook that tells us like in history, these people did these sorts of things and this is how it ended up. And then these people did these sorts of things and this is how it ended up for them. I want to read this the same way that when I had babies, I read all of the parenting books in the library, like all of them. (laughs) And when I feel not as strong in my marriage as I should, I read all the marriage books. And when I, you know, now that I'm an author, I'm checking out like author books, like how do you do all the things? Because that information is out there. I don't have to make it up. I don't have to figure it Mm. out myself, you know, by making every mistake in the book, I can go read the book and it tells me information that's useful for my life. So the Bible isn't quite the same as like a how-to guide. It's not, you know, step-by-step, but it has Mm. so much information for me and for you. If you want to be a Christian, here are things that generally go well, and here are things that don't generally go well. But there is no time limit. There's no, it must be seven days a week at 8 a.m. in the morning for 15 minutes. If you are getting into that place where you feel like a failure because you missed a day, honestly, that's just being pharisaical. That's a big word that just came out of my mouth. Um, Being like the Pharisees, (laughs) where the Pharisees made all these rules that were not real biblical rules, um, and they Mm. took it a lot farther than it needed to. So yes, the Bible has rules. There's not a rule that says you need to read this many times, whatever. That's Mm -hmm. not in there. I checked. Um, So first of all, give yourself grace. It's okay. If you, and I have done this recently where I'm like, you know what, God, I don't feel like it. I don't want to, I don't want to read my Bible today. I am tired. I'm grouchy. Um, Whatever (laughs) is going on. I don't want to, I just want to be left alone for a minute and that's okay. God can handle that. He's not up in heaven, like super insecure, like, oh no, she didn't want to hang out with me today. Like, (laughs) what will I do? He he's fine. He's his self-esteem is just fine. And I mean, even if you think about that with your husband and your kids, there are days I don't want to hang out with my husband. And I will tell him that like in a polite way, like, I don't, I don't want to hang out right now. I just want to be left alone a little bit. And for my kids, I will tell them that there's days it's okay. And nobody's offended. We just know mom sometimes needs some be by herself time. And then they (laughs) let me go for a run and then everything is okay. So it's okay to need a little bit of be by yourself time. But I would encourage you not to stay in that place too long. And so the other flip side of that is there is a time to give yourself grace, but then there's also a time to give yourself discipline. There's so many things that we don't want to do that we don't feel like doing. Human beings in general can be lazy. Um, You can decide for yourself if that applies to you, Um, but human beings in general can be lazy. And there are lots of things that we don't want to do that we do anyways. Um, we don't always want to eat our vegetables. We don't always want to exercise. We don't always want to exercise restraint with our children when they're driving us crazy. Um, there are things like maybe it would feel better to scream at our children, but that's not wise. 
So we need to have the discipline to say, okay, maybe this isn't what feels good in the minute, but I am going to do this because I know it is wise, because I know it is right. Um, It's the right thing to do. Same thing if you have a job outside of the house, there's some days you don't feel like getting up and getting dressed and going to work, but you do because you know it's important. Um, So at some point, sometimes you give yourself grace and sometimes you just put on your big girl pants and you say, okay, I'm going to do this because I know it is good and I know it is right. And even if I don't feel like it, you don't have to feel like it every day. That's okay. God, you know, is not going to be mad at you of, oh, you didn't come with sunshine and rainbows. Like, how dare you come spend time with me and be grouchy? Like, if my husband was a grouchy, I wouldn't send him away until he could, you know, come with flowers. No. Like, oh, you want to just sit and be grouchy together? Cool. Let's watch a show. Whatever. And it's the same way with God. We don't have to put that pressure on ourselves that it has to look this certain way. We can just spend time with him. And we can spend time with him in his word. And some days it can be a lot of time. And some days it can be a little bit of time. And that's okay. And we are not going to fall in love with God's word on day one. The first time you read it, and some days, depending on where you're reading, you're like, wow, this is not interesting. Um, When you get into (laughs) some of the genealogies, you're like, I'm just going to be excited when we get past this part. Um, And that's okay. There's parts you won't understand. But the more that you make it a habit, and the more that you do it consistently, not obsessively, but consistently, and you're making it a part of your life, it really does change you from the inside out. And it really does make such a difference. Man, that's just something that I had to learn in my own life is that discipline is good. Sometimes giving yourself grace actually looks like needing the discipline of reading God's word every day, even if you don't feel it. But I think also, like you said, God's word doesn't say read this every day or else. God is far more concerned with having a relationship with his children. And so experiencing his presence daily doesn't have to look like reading your Bible every day. The Bible is a really important book, but there are so many ways to be in God's presence. And so I think that You know, what we've been doing for years and years, what we've been taught to do for years and years, doing the homework intensive five-day studies and those things, they're all really great when we want to learn about a certain topic. But sometimes we walk away from those situations and we haven't spent any time with the Lord. We've spent time talking about Him or thinking about Him or writing about Him, but we've not spent any time with Him. And He's such a relational God. One of the things that Um, you're saying is kind of making me chuckle a little because not having to always be in a good mood when we spend time with the Lord. My children, I have taught them this. We call it the decree. And in one of the phrases, it says, God is in a good mood. He loves me all the time. And teaching that to my kids has been so life-giving to me even of like His emotions towards me are not changed by my emotions towards him. And being able to go to our good father and know that he is in a good mood, even if I'm not, has been super life-giving. And so just you talking about us, you know, being in God's word and being grouchy sometimes made me think of that about how good he is that he's not grouchy with us and he's not, you know, holding on to this list of how many times per week we've been in his word. He's just like, I'm here. I want to sit with you today. I want to be with you today. And it's such a beautiful gift. So what do you think 
prevents us from loving God's word? That is a great question. I actually talk about that in the book of seven reasons why we don't read our Bibles consistently based on, I had done a survey of my community at Equipping Godly Women and just asked them, hey, let's lay it out. Let's be honest about it. Mm -hmm. Um, No shame, no guilt here. Let's just figure out what's really going on. Why is it that so many of us want to read the word, but it's just not happening? And so I found seven reasons. And they are, the first one was busyness. So this is something that especially moms or working women, whatever, we have so many things going on, especially I feel like with Instagram, you can just scroll and you can see all the things that all the people are doing. And you're like, wow, her room, like her living room is decorated so nicely. I should do that. And (laughs) oh, she cooks, she cooks these amazing meals that are so healthy for her family. And I should do that. And oh, she throws amazing birthday parties and I should do that. And so we put all these shoulds on ourselves of, oh, I should do all of these things. Mm -hmm. And we just get so busy. Even if there's not that many things we have to do, we have that many things that we feel like we should do. And so it's just a never ending battle of, okay, how do I spend my time today? Like I would love to, you know, it'd be great if I could just spend three hours in the word, you know, researching Mm -hmm. and learning tidbits. And that sounds really fun, but I have these other things I have to do too. So the first one is just busyness. The second one is tiredness. So after we spend the entire day running around like a chicken with our head cut off, trying to do this and that, take care of the kids and guilting ourselves of not measuring up for all of the things, we're just tired. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I am a morning person. And by the time my whole family will tell you, by the time the kids go to bed, I am pretty worthless in terms of any kind of productivity. My husband knows, like, don't try to start a conversation with me at 10 o'clock at night because it's not going to end well. Um, Not in a mean way, but like, I'm just going to lay there and look him and be like, no, I don't have any energy left. Um, And my husband, consequently, is a night owl. So that works out really well. Um, (laughs) But when we are tired, which so often we are tired due to multiple reasons, whether that's kids or not taking care of ourselves physically, there's lots of reasons why we could be. But when we're tired, we don't always feel like reading God's word. We Mm -hmm. feel like laying around and scrolling on Instagram, or we feel like watching TV or even reading another book that's going to be more enjoyable in the minute. We don't always feel like it. Um, The next one, very related, is a lack of motivation. So we know we should, we know should want to, but we just don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fourth one is because we're distracted. So whether that is external distractions like kids and puppies and dishes and bathrooms and all of the things or internal distractions, when we try to read, we are, oh yeah, I need to remember to get more milk from the store. And oh yeah, I need to remember, oh yeah, I have to do that. I need to call that person or that girl gave me a funny look earlier and I'm really wondering, or I'm thinking through the conversation I had with my husband or a conversation I need to have with my husband. And there's so many distractions that can really throw us off track. Even if we set aside the time and we say, okay, I'm going to read. And then it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The next one, number five is forgetfulness. This happens a lot, especially if you don't have a Bible reading plan, which is a big thing I talk about in fall in love with God's word is creating a plan to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Um, I can talk about more about that in a minute, but if you don't have that plan, it can be really easy to fall into forgetfulness where you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get around to it. And then your kids need things and the dishes, whatever they're doing and all the things, and then you just don't get around to it and you forget. Um, number six is a lack of biblical knowledge. So you want to read the Bible, but you don't know where to start, how to read it, what it means. 
I find that this is a really common thing as well. People, maybe even if they grew up in church, maybe they grew up in a church that didn't really teach them how to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, The Bible was kind of around, but it was maybe on the shelf. Like you don't pick it up. It's just there to be pretty. Um, And then the last one is a lack of intimacy with God, which is a huge thing in terms of if you don't have that relationship, you have to know that the Bible is a very relational book. It's the way that God speaks to us. It's not just a novel where you read it and you're like, okay, the plot and the character and they did this, but rather it really is the way that God speaks to us, where he challenges us and encourages us and gives us so much wisdom and knowledge and insight. And if we don't have that relationship with God and we don't know how to hear his voice when we're reading the Bible, if we're just reading it at a very surface, like words, text-based level, we're going to miss out on so much. Whereas if we have that close relationship with God, then it really is more of a love letter to us where we can hear him speaking to us through the words um, and give us so much more that we're going to miss out on Mm -hmm. if we don't have that relationship. Yeah, that's good. So you were talking about making a plan to read the Bible. And I love that because I I think that sometimes we really do need that discipline or that um, structure. Some of us are more fly by the seat of our pants and some of us are definitely more prone to being structured. And so, you know, something that we've even been talking about as a team at Wandering Wild is how checking off reading God's Word every day is not a bad thing. But again, that perspective and that motivation. So talk a little bit about, you know, making a plan for reading the Bible and and what that looks like. So this was the thing that really turned everything around for me. It started a couple of years ago, right after I had read the statistic about how many people want to read God's Word but don't. So I just, that really stuck with me. I was like, why is this And this was something that I was experiencing myself as well. I owned Equipping Godly Women at this time. I was a Christian living blogger. Like I did this for a living. And yet I saw in myself, like I struggled to read God's word as much as I wanted to. And it didn't happen. So 59% of Americans want to read their Bibles more often. That's not just of Christians, but 59% of Americans in general um, want to read their Bibles more, more than half of the country. And only 31% of Americans read their Bible at least once a week. Mm -hmm. So that includes if it's every day, uh, that's outside of church, by the way. So on their own, they read their Bible at least once a week, whether it's once a a day, every couple days, once a week, anything like that. And that comes from the State of the Bible Report um, by the American Bible Society and Barna Group. They have a really interesting study where they update the statistics every year. But when I read that one, it just really stuck with me. And I said, you know, this is this is ridiculous. This is crazy for me. Like I'm not putting any shame on anyone else, but for me, like I grew up in church. I know this. I know I'm supposed to read this. I'm a Christian living blogger. Like I help people do this for a living. This is my job. Like, why am I not doing this? How can I say for myself, not speaking of anyone else here, but for myself, how can I lead women to love God and to be, um, more enthusiastic Christians, I guess. How can I help women do that if I am not doing that myself first? Mm -hmm. Um, If I am not somebody who's in the word to the extent that I want to be. I know this is important. I say it's important. I believe it's important. Why am I not living this out? So for me, the first reason was the biggest reason for me. And that was busyness. I knew because I had little kids and I had a job and I had, you know, a house and all the things that we all have. I knew it was because I was very busy. So for me, I kind of drew a line in the sand and I said, okay, 
this is important. I'm going to make it important for me. I am saying 8 a.m. That is my time. And I am setting aside 8 a.m. Because at that point, my children, mostly, they're mostly in school at that point. At that point, they are old enough that they can go to school. So they're out of the house, but I haven't started working for the day. And I knew if I, for myself, tried to wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning, that was not going to happen. I still had a very little one at home. I wasn't sleeping through the night. Um, That's not going to happen. As we discussed earlier, if I was trying to read at 9 o'clock at night, not going to happen. Very worthless then. Um, But for me, I knew 8 a.m. That was the time I was going to set that time aside because I knew that busyness was my biggest struggle. And in the book, Fall in Love with God's Word, I share a lot about, okay, helping women figure out what is your biggest struggle and how do you turn that into a plan, super practical tips that will work for you. Um, Because it's not about, you know, here's what I did and you have to do the same thing, but figuring out, okay, what is really going on in your life? So that's what I did at that time is I said, okay, 8 a.m., that's the time, going to sit, going to make this a priority. And I did. And I emailed all of my people at Cup and Godly Women, and I told them what I was doing. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I am tired of not making this a priority. I'm committing. I am going to do this. And I want to invite you to join me. And I didn't ask, I didn't have a whole accountability thing where there was nothing formal. I just sent on an announcement and I said, this is what I'm doing. I would love for you to do it with me as well. So over the last few years, as I have helped women to get into this process, it turned into a whole quiet time plan, which I find is very helpful. If you are somebody who hates routines and structures and this doesn't work for you, that's okay. Um, But it worked really well for me and it's worked really well for so many other people. And that's why it is a whole chapter in my book, chapter four, where we talk about, okay, how do we create this plan? Because what had happened to me so often was that I said, I'm going to read the Bible. I will get around to it, but I never got around to it. I would always say, oh, I'm busy right now. I don't feel like it right now. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And later never came. So I created this plan um, and I walk everyone through the process in the book, or I have a free printable on equippinggodlywomen.com as well, where you can just download it and go right through it. Um, But the first question is, when will you read your Bible? So rather than saying, okay, I'm going to get around to it. I'm going to do it eventually when, like choose a time. I don't care when it is, like choose a time. It could be a specific time on the clock, like 8 a.m., 4 p.m., or it could be a time of day. So for example, over breakfast, over lunch, before I go to bed. Um, The second thing is where will you read your Bible? So does it make sense for you to read at your kitchen table or are you going to be too distracted by little ones? Does it make sense for you to go read in your bed or are you going to fall asleep? Do you need to lock yourself in the bathroom for 10 minutes? You can do that. I have done that lots of times. Um, Do you need to go sit out on the porch And maybe that works in the summer, but in the winter, you have to find somewhere else. So where is going to work for you? The next one is how often will you read your Bible? So we talk about reading the Bible. We often think about reading the Bible every day. But as we talked about before, you don't have to read your Bible every day. So what consistency would work really well for you? Are you somebody who says, you know, I need to do it every day because if I forget a day, I'm going to fall off track. Or are you someone who's going to say, you know, if I try to do it every day, that's not going to happen, but I could do three days a week or I could do, you know, two days a week. For me, when I first started this, I was in a season where, which I still am, but my kids were littler. And I decided the first thing I decided was I'm going to read my Bible 8 a.m. kitchen you know, um, at the kitchen over breakfast. And I am going to read five days a week because I figured for me on Sundays, I go to church. So I hear the Bible there. So that's pretty much taken care of. And Saturdays I have kids around just being crazy all day. 
And it's not as likely to happen, but I knew if I could commit to five days a week, I could do it. So that's where I started five days a week. That's what would work for me in that season, but it's going to vary for everyone in their season of life. The next question was, how long will you spend in God's word? So is this something where you say, I only have five minutes and that's fine. If you only have five minutes, then use those five minutes and you can get a lot out of five minutes. Mm. Or if you say, you know what? Five minutes isn't enough. I feel like I can't read or pray or do anything in that time. Like I really need to set aside 30 minutes or whatever it is for you. And that's going to vary again, depending on your season of life, but say, okay, this is how much time I'm going to set aside. Um, And then finally is what will you do during your quiet time? Will you read your Bible? Will you just read straight out of the Bible? Or will you have a Bible study or devotional? Will you light a candle or put on some praise and worship music? Will you eat breakfast while you do it? Or will you watch some inspiring YouTube podcasts or videos? Or um, there's so many resources out there for you. But I found that just by planning in advance and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do, it took so much of the friction out of it. Because rather than saying, I'm going to get around to it, I could say, okay, this is my plan. And every time eight o'clock rolled around, I had a choice. I could say, yes, I'm going to do my plan. I've already got it planned out. I know exactly what I need. It's all ready to go. I don't have to make any decisions. I'm just going to do it. Or eight o'clock could roll around and I could say, no, I don't want to do this today. And I tried not to say that very much at all, right? At first when I'm making a habit, but I noticed that when I started to make it a habit at first, it's difficult. It's a new habit, but the more that you do it on a consistent basis, it gets a lot easier and you don't even have to think about it anymore. Um, You think about reading God's word, but you don't have to think about getting yourself to go read God's word. Mm. The same thing with brushing your teeth. I don't imagine at this point every night you're like, man, I know I was supposed to do something before bed. <laughs> or like, man, I really don't want to brush my teeth tonight. That would be awful. I really have to psych myself up. Like, I don't even know where my toothbrush is. I don't even know if we have toothpaste. You're just like, no, I do this every day. I don't have to think about it. I just, when I walk upstairs or when I walk to my bedroom, wherever, like the bathroom, when I go there, I just do it without even thinking about it or washing your face. Um, same with me and putting my contacts in. I have never in my life forgotten to put my contacts in. For one, I can't see. Um, but also, I, I just do it in the morning. I do it every day and I do it every night. I don't have to think about it. It's There's not that friction there where I have to really psych myself up. Like, no, I just do it. It's what I do every day. Same thing with making the kids dinner. Sometimes I have to psych myself up a little bit. But... I do this is what I do. Um, and it can be the same thing with your Bible reading as well, mm-hmm. where you get a lot out of it and you put your thinking into that, but you're not forcing yourself or like mm-hmm. trying to make yourself do the thing. You're just like, oh, it's eight o'clock. I just wander over. And that's what I do most mornings after I drop off the kids from school to school. I come home and I make my breakfast. And while I'm making my breakfast, I'm like, oh, I should open my Bible because that's what I do at this time of day. So that has been really helpful for me and for a lot of other women as well. So how has just that transformation to your quiet time, how has that really changed your life? I think the biggest thing is just how much it has strengthened my relationship with God and my trust in him and my faith and just my knowledge of knowing that he knows what he's doing and he's got it all figured out. But there's been so many times where I have read something and then gone on to make a decision later that day that I'll think back to, oh, this morning I read this thing. The other day I was reading Numbers 14 and I came across a verse that really stuck out to me so much that I wrote it on the 
on the whiteboard on the wall in my office. And it says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. And it's talking about, um, if you're familiar with the story where Moses leads the people to the promised land and Joshua and Caleb say, it's great. We should do it. And everybody else is like, no, it's too scary. We can't. (laughs) But in this verse, in the middle of all these genealogies, in the middle of this clan had 17,000 descendants and this clan had this, there's a lot of this person was the son of this person. There's this verse that just jumped out of Caleb had a different spirit and he followed me wholeheartedly. And because of that, I'm going to bless him. God would have loved Caleb either way, but he said, you know what? There's something different about Caleb. Mm. When everybody else was scared and when everybody else shrunk back in fear and they said, we couldn't do it. It's too hard. And they started grumbling and everybody, the Israelites, oh my goodness, the Israelites Mm. are constantly complaining, but they're all complaining. And they're saying, let us go back to Egypt. And they're calling Egypt the land of milk and honey. And they're saying, why did you take us out of Egypt? We had it so good back then because, you you know, when you look back, you see it through rose colored glasses. Mm. Like We had it so good back then. Why did you take us out into the wilderness? So as I read through the Bible, I come across little verses and stories like these, and it just encourages and reminds me of, I want to be that way. And it mm. reminds me to pray for those things in my life and in my children's life. Like, God, please Help me to be that way. Help me to follow you wholeheartedly, no matter what. And help me to not be scared and to help me to make good decisions. And as I read through God's word, there's so many verses that jump out that just remind me, you know, God has been around for a really long time. He's seen a lot of people mess up. He loves them anyways. He's Mm. helped a lot of people do a lot of amazing things. And the God of miracles from the Old Testament is still the same God today. He's still doing miracles. He's still in control. Mm. And every time that I read God's word, even through the genealogies, that just always jumps out at me every single time. His word is so powerful in our lives. And I love how personal it is to us as well. Just when we read something and we're just like, God, you meant for me to read that today. Like, I can't even tell you how many times I've like skipped reading my Bible one day and been racked with guilt. And then the next day something happens and I'm reading the word and it is exactly what I needed for that day. And I'm like, nothing is out of your control, Lord. Nothing. It's such a gift. At the end of all of my episodes, I invite my guests to pray over our listeners. Would you close us out with a prayer? Absolutely. Dear God, thank you so much for our time together today and for this podcast and for this ministry. God, if somebody has made it through to this part of the podcast, almost to the end, it's clear that they are interested and they are engaged and they want to know more. And I know they don't want to learn more about us, but they want to learn more about you, God. And if they are still at this point, they want to be in. So God, would you please be with whoever is listening to this podcast today? Would you please strengthen them and encourage them and help them to fall more in love with you and their relationship with you today? Would you please speak to them loudly and clearly and give them the courage to listen and just be very real to them as they go about their day today? Amen. Thanks so much for being my guest, Brittany. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me.